God is able tonight? I said, how many know that God is able tonight? Oh, come on, can you just lift your hands and sing with me? God is able to do just what he said he would do. He's gonna Cause he won't give 
Good morning. Welcome to May. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Can you sing this with us? Can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop praising the name of Jesus. Can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop praising the name of Jesus. Can't stop, can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising the name of Jesus. He is worthy this morning. Hallelujah. Can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising the name of Jesus. For he's the King of Kings. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Yes. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. Jesus Christ, he's Lord forever. Can you put your hands together this morning? Can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop praising the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop. Oh, think about how worthy He is this morning. All praise and all honor belongs to Him. Every knee, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Yes, you are Lord. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising the name of my Jesus. Can't stop. Praising His name. Yes. Oh, He is the Prince of Peace. Is the Prince of Peace, right hand morning star. Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Yes, you are Lord. You are the Prince of Peace, right hand morning star. Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Oh, can you praise Him this morning? Can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praise 
Put your hands together this morning. He's worthy. With my whole heart, with all of my strength, oh, I will praise the Lord. We praise you, God. I will praise you, Lord. With my whole heart, with all of my strength, I will praise. Let's sing that again. Oh, I will praise the Lord. With my whole heart, with all of my strength, I will praise the Lord. Oh, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. With my whole heart, with all of my strength, I will praise the Lord. Can't stop, can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising the name of Jesus. Can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Oh, can we sing it one more time? Oh, I can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? Come on. Why don't you do that? Why don't you give Him praise this morning? All over that. Come on. Why don't you give Him praise this morning? Welcome Him in His house. Lord, we love you today. Lord, to have your way all over this house from front to back, side to side, all over this campus. Lord, that we can't stop praising your name today. Lord, we love you and thank you just for who you are. Lord, and we put it all in your hands today, knowing that you are the giver of life. And Lord, that you're here to change lives today. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Won't you give him one more praise in his house? Hallelujah good to see you in the house of the Lord today. I don't know of any announcement that we have. That's rare around here. I'll tell you next, I will tell you that next uh, Saturday at two o'clock, this precious couple, one of them happens to be of a daughter, is getting married and, and uh, <laughs> if you, we would love to have you with us if you would like to join us at two o'clock next Saturday. We'll even feed you afterwards and all those. 
We have a, it's good to see a good crowd in the house. We're in the throes of, of the deepest part of summer. Half the church was on vacation last week. The other half are on vacation this week. But it appears that, that uh, the rest of us have showed up, and I'm thankful. We're th Leslie, thank you for helping us out on the drums today. And I'll always mention, we still need a backup bass. If anybody plays bass, I mean if you play bass. I don't mean if you thump around in your... Some, sometimes that... You, you have to define what you mean by that. If you play bass, we would love to have you because we need a backup bass player. But anyway, we're thankful for everybody that's making it work while key people are out. Amen? I'm thankful for all that. If we have our ushers, we'll receive our Sunday morning tithe and offering. Matt, why don't you bless it? This old song. Would you sing it with us? You've got one more valley, one more here. You've got one more trial, one more tear. One more curve in life's road, maybe one more mile to go. And you can lay down your heavy load. Whatever it is, it's temporary before heaven. Oh, you've got one more valley, one more hill. You've got one more trial, one more tear. Well, think about it. One more curve in life's road. Maybe one more mile to go. Then you can lay down your heavy load forever when you get home. When I'm tossed on life's sea and those waves cover me and the dark clouds won't let the sun shine through. Have you ever been there? Then the voice seems to say, child, there'll be a bride. Don't allow the storm to hide sweet heaven's view Cause you've got one more valley, one more hill Yes, you've got one more trial, just one more tear One more curve in life's road Maybe one more mile to go You can lay down your heavy load when you get home I love this verse Don't let Satan see your tears Learn to smile through your fears Hold your head up high And give the world a smile Cause you've got Jesus Just be faithful all the way It'll be worth it all someday Cause it all will be over after a while And you've got one more valley, one more hill Hallelujah You've got one 
more trial, one more tear, one more curve in life's road, maybe one more mile to go. That you can lay down your heavy load when you get home. Let's sing that second verse again. Well, don't let Satan see your tears. Learn to smile through your fears. Hold your head up high and give the world a smile. Yes, just be faithful all the way. It'll be worth it all someday. Cause it all will be over after a while. And you've got one more valley, one more hill. You got one more trial. Oh, it's all temporary. Oh, one more curve in life's road. Maybe one more mile. If you could lay down your heavy load when you get home. Oh, just one more time. Oh, you got one more valley, one more hill. You've got one more trial, just one more tear, one more curve in life's road, maybe one more mile to go. If you can lay down your heavy load when you get home, one more curve, one more curve in life's road, maybe one more mile to go. You can lay down your heavy load, yes. You can lay down your heavy load. You can lay down your heavy load when you get home. Sometimes we just need that reminder, amen, that heaven's not far away. Hallelujah. Because you've got one more valley. One more hill. Oh, can you sing? You've got one more trial. One more yes. Won't be long. One more curve in life's road. Maybe one more mile to go. You can lay down your heavy load when you get Oh, Can we sing it one more time? Oh, because you've got one more valley, one more hill. You've got one, one more tear, one more curve in life's road. Maybe one more mile to go. You can lay down your heavy load when you get home. One more curve, just one more curve. Maybe one more mile to go If you can lay down your heavy load If you can lay down your heavy load If you can lay down your heavy load When you get home yes. To be with our Savior Hallelujah The Lord is good, amen
as morning dawns and evening fades, you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart, Lord, and glorify your name. Can we sing that again? As morning dawns and evening fades, you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart. Lord, glorify your name. Hallelujah. Can you sing it? Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, Jesus, let the nation sing it louder. Because nothing has the power to save. Oh, can we sing it again, Lord? Your name. It's a strong and mighty tower, your name. It's a shelter like no other, your name. My Lord, the nation sing louder. There's nothing has the power to save your name.
mighty tower, your name is a shelter like no other, your name, yes Lord, let the nations sing it louder, cause nothing has the power to save, but your name, your name. Is a strong and mighty tower. Your name. Oh, your precious name. Is a shelter like no other. Your name. Jesus. Let the nations sing it louder. Because nothing has the power to say. Oh, your name. Your name. It's a strong and mighty tower. Your name. Well, think about the name above all names. Yes, your name. Let the nation sing you louder. Cause nothing has the power to say but your name. Hallelujah. How great. Our God, would you sing with me? How great is our God for all to see? How great, how great is our God. Soon they will see, we will see. Oh, how great is our God. Would you sing with me how great is our God? Roll the sea, how great, yes, how great is our God. Well, let's sing about His splendor, amen. Splendor of King. earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in life. Darkness tries to hide, trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. So can you sing it to him? How great our God, just sing with me, how great is our God, for all will see how great, how great, oh, is our God, how great. Stands. Time 
was in his hands Beginning and the end Beginning and the end Oh, he's the Alpha and Omega The Godhead three in one Father, Spirit, Son The Lion and the Lamb Lion and the Lamb is oh how great is our God sing with me how great is our God for all will see how great how great is our God how great Then sings my soul, then sings my soul, my Savior God to me. And all will see how great, how 
Side sealed with seven seals. And I saw the angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, nor under the earth was able to open the book, neither, the, neither look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders says to me, Weep not. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. <laughs> it says, And behold, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. <laughs> there stood a lamb. There stood a lamb as if it was slain having seven horns and seven eyes, which were seven spirits of God set forth on all the earth. And he came and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four men and the twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them hearts, golden vials full of odors, which were the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. You are the slain that redeemed us for God. You, your blood out of every kindred and every tongue and every people and every nation and have made us to our God kings and priests and we will reign on the earth. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb which was slain and had to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and glory and honor and blessing. And every creature was in the heaven, on the earth and under the earth and such as in the area and all of them were heard saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him that sits upon the throne and the Lamb forever and forever and forever. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. 
Worthy is the Lamb. My heart sings his praise again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. Sing it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. Come on. My heart sings. My heart sings his praise again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. Oh, hallelujah, praise the Lamb. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. Oh, my heart sings His praise again. Hallelujah, praise Oh, let's go. Just voices, just his voices. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. Oh, my heart sings His praise again. Hallelujah. Praise Just voices. Just voices. Sing it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. Yeah, hallelujah, praise the Lamb. My heart sings, hallelujah, His praise again. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. My heart sings His praise again. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. Hallelujah. My heart sings Your praise again. Sing it. My heart sings your praise again. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. Oh, yes, my heart sings your praise again. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. shall come sing it when when Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart yeah then I In humble adoration, and there proclaim, my God, how great Thou art. 
praise your name. Hallelujah. If we ever catch a fresh revelation of how big this God is, how awesome he is in his scope and in his power, how great is our God. If I can never quit, stop making him like me <laughs> and I become like him. See, I was made in his likeness and his image. But the psalmist said, I've ma- tried, I've made you like me. I've reduced him. We would magnify him, lift him up, praise his name. Word says he's enthroned on the praises of his people. I'm so thankful that he's still the same. Listen, God hasn't changed. I'm so thankful that he's still the same, that he's still powerful, and he's still magnificent, and he's still awesome, and he's still creative in his power. Come on, church. I don't serve a God of wood or stone. I serve a living God who has all power in his hand. This morning, we're going to turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. One time was the most well-known verse in the entirety of the Word of God. They tell me that now instead of, instead of, for God so loved the world, being the most well-known, and the second being, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. They tell me today it is that my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Always out of context, of course. <laughs> or that, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All of that scripture, but it's usually out of context. But you know, without the love of God, you, can't, you don't have any of that. I, I want to... We'll turn to John 3, 16, but I'm always, when I begin to talk on this subject, I'm, I can't ever not be reminded. Mercy Me made a song famous again a few years ago. It's an old song, but it's talking about the love of God, how rich, how pure, how marvelous and strong. It shall forevermore endure. The saints and the angels song. But that's an old, old song. If they'd have known it was in the hymn book, it would have probably never been popular. (laughs) But the the last verse of that old song, they say, was found scrawled on the wall of an insane asylum. But man, when I read those words, I know whoever that was that they locked up for whatever reason. I'm compelled to believe that they locked him up for, for the same mindset that he scrawled on that old wall. It said, could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? For every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above would drain that ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky the sky oh he's my mind can't get around it 
the love of God. <laughs> this morning, church, by the, in, the, in the same spirit that God has been moving, I want to speak to you a few moments, a moments on something that's been on my heart for a few days and it'll be we're going to talk about the love of god but i want you to understand the, the really the subject today is the love of god was never the question the love of god's not the question and it was never the question You'll see what I mean. And I see, it, we, we've got a mentality in a, in a world today that I can live any way I want to, that I don't have to do anything different because God loves me. And I came by to tell you this morning that the love of God has never been the question and never will be. It's unquestionable that God loves you. It's without, it's without opposition. Nobody can dispute that God loves all of mankind. John chapter 3, verse 16, you'll know it. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave. You could say, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's some keys in that verse. It's the centerpiece, no doubt, of the entirety of the word of God, for God so loved that he gave. It has a who, that whosoever is important. Whosoever believes in him should not perish. There's a converse to that statement that would, that would be equally and, 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 and but just, an opposite, but just as true, for that whosoever does not will perish you need to understand that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life and God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world but that through him that the world might be saved he that believe he that believes in him is not condemned See, everybody stops at 16 and 17. Whoever believes, what, that he who believes in him is not condemned. But he that believes not is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil for everyone that does evil hates the light neither comes into the light lest his deeds be reproved but he that does the truth comes into the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are worked in God there's a misunderstanding of the love of God today. There's a misunderstanding of the gospel today, a fundamental misunderstanding. Because see, I'm not saved and you was not saved by the love of God. Oh, put that on a tweet that. Put that on the bumper sticker. See, you wasn't saved by the love of God. 
You were saved by grace through faith. See, the love of God is not the how, it's the why. Come on, church. The love of God is not the how. Grace is the how. Faith is the means. The love of God is the why. When you preach truth today, that it's perceived as hate because it brings light to the situation. John chapter three, chapter three, verses eighteen and nineteen tells you why people run from the light. It's like cockroaches in a dirty, nasty, dark kitchen. When you turn the light on, they run for the darkness. We're the same way. Why? When men reject the light, when they reject Jesus Christ, see, I know that the light is him because John chapter 1 tells me that in him was life and his life was the light of men. <laughs> he is the light that lights the darkness. See, when, the, when, when he's rejected and, and hated and despised, because he sheds light on your situation. But it's because of his great love that he does it. See, it says his love is the why. It says it clearly. Why did God do it? Because he so loved the world. But it's a, it's a fundamental misunderstanding to think that, that all of creation is going to heaven because of God's love. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of who he is and what he's done to believe that there, ha that, that there cannot be any change in a life or that you can live an abominable lifestyle, whatever that may be, and think because of the love of God that I'm going to make heaven, that I'm going to make eternity, that I'm going to live with eternal life of, of, of the goodness of God. That's a fundamental misunderstanding of the word of God. There's a, the, 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 the gospel is like a two-sided going. It's the love of God that compels it, but, there, but there's the judgment of God also. And what you've got to understand today, church, if you're listening for the first time, first time in the house, if you've been here every Sunday for years, what you have got to understand that it was the love of God that compelled him to send his son, to offer the best that he had, and that, but, there's, but there is the judgment of God that will come with the rejection of the light of his son. And there's something else you need to understand in this world we live in today. That this judge me not world to understand that it's not that sin is going to be judged. I want you to understand that sin is not going to be judged. People are. How can you say that, preacher? I don't know if that's true or not. I just read to you. See, sin is not going to be judged. Sin has already been judged. God's not trying to make a decision on which way it's going to go. He has already written it down what it is and what the penalty is. He's, he's, it's not a decision yet to be made. He, 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 he's not the, the, the wonderful, righteous, and just thing about this God. He's not going to judge any man for what he did, hasn't told us. Do you know that? 
There wasn't even, there wasn't even consequences. Uh, Adam and Eve didn't even have innocent consequences because God didn't tell them anything. They had the Word of God. I, every time I mention this, I say Adam and Eve had the Word of God. You say, how's that? They didn't have any writings. They, they, they walked with him in the cool of the day. They had a conversational relationship. They, they were created in such perfection and, so, and, and put in such a perfect place that the God of heaven walked with them in the cool of the day and gave personal instruction for their life. He said, this is for you. You're made, they were made in his likeness and in his image. And he, and he gave them the whole earth and gave them dominion over it. It was perfect. No death, no, no, not even a thorn or a thistle. And he said, it's yours. You have dominion over it. Name it and walk in it. And it's, and it's to support you. By the way, the, the earth was created for man, not man for the earth. Somebody needs to hear that. But the word of God came to Adam and Eve. He says, of everything in the garden is yours, but of the tree in the midst of the garden you shall not eat, because in the day that you eat you shall surely die. That was the word of God. They didn't stumble into sin on accident. The Bible says that Eve was deceived, but Adam transgressed the Word of God. It's important to understand, I'm talking about the love of God today, was not in question. See, sin is not going to be judged. People are going to be judged because sin has already been judged. Said. So, that Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, that through him the world might be saved. It says that he that believed in him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already. It's already happened because they've not believed on the only begotten of the Father. See, I look around the world and I, 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 I hear my friends' testimonies of their families and I, and I, and I see what people interact with in the marketplace and, and, I, and I hear the conversations of the church folks and, and I hear the conver uh, see the conversations on social media that is so exposing. <laughs> and I realize that there's just a fundamental misunderstanding of who God is. And there's a fundamental understanding of the church's role, the pulpit's role, and what we do. That, see, I, pre I think you know by now that it's no holds barred, and we, and, and we preach it straight, and we don't hold anything back. See, uh, that's not the condemnation. That's the goodness of God. The Bible said it's the goodness of God because of the goodness of God that men are saved. It said it's by the foolishness of preaching that people are saved. It's His chosen method why he chose to use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise is known only to him. But his method of the gospel was that it be preached from the lips of men, to that the truth be proclaimed under the power of the Holy Ghost so that men's hearts are laid open, so that we're cut deep with conviction, so that we know, that we know, that we know. See, when I got saved, it wasn't because of a preacher saying things to me. It wasn't because of mama that raised me in the church. It was because the Holy Spirit, under the unction and the preaching of the Word of God of truth, that he laid my heart bear before God and I knew that I was a sinner not because the preacher said you're a sinner not because anybody said I was a sinner but because the Holy Spirit laid me open and I knew that I was a sinner 
See, that word is a two-edged sword. It cuts going both ways. I know that in the book of Acts, whenever they begin to preach, it says, it says that when he, began, when he was finished speaking, it said that they, were, that they were pricked in their heart and their reaction was, what must I do to be saved? See, it's when the truth comes, the spoken in love, that the Holy Spirit can work and convict the heart of man and that they know that they need a Savior. It's the love of God. And see, you're, it's because of his love. But the method, the way, is I'm saved by grace through faith. No, young man, young lady, you can't live in that lifestyle. You can't run around in drugs and you can't run around in fornication. You can't run around in, in, in uh, illicit sexual relationships of any kind and think that the love of God has you covered. He said, why would you say that it's so judgmental? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I would agree with Paul. He said, the love of God constrains me to tell you the truth. Constrain means it compels me. It pushes me. It demands of me that I tell you the truth. It's the love of God. That, call, that, that sends a preacher by or, or, a, or a saint by or a deacon by to tell you about the love of God and that you can't live that way. Say, oh, it's about his love. It's, in Romans chapter 11, it said, behold the goodness and the severity of God. When he was talking about his own people, the people, the chosen people, the natural people, the, the, the Jews, the, the people that God calls the apple of his eye and his, his chosen people. He says, he said, I broke, the branches are broken off and you are grafted in because they rejected me. He said, behold, he said, when, he said, you're grafted in because they're broken off. Behold the goodness and the severity of God. If the rejection was the severity, the graft was the goodness. He says, and don't you think for a second that if I would break them off, if you reject me, that I won't break you off. Oh, behold the goodness and the severity of God. The cost of sin was enormous. The price that was paid was un unthinkable. And it was motivated by his love that he was willing to do it. No, you can't live in open defiance. You can't even go to church every Sunday and, and, and sing the songs and go through the motions and call yourself a church when you're living in total rebellion to God and think the love of God is going to take you to heaven. No, it won't, somebody needs to hear it won't be because of Adam's sin that you go to hell. It won't be because of anybody else's sin that you miss God. It will be because of your own sin. That, and, and, it, and you say, why would a good God send me to a devil's hell? Why would he do it? The, question is, the better question is, why would a holy God allow you into heaven? That's the better question when you've rejected him. 
When, the, when mankind rejected him, the answer is that his love compelled him to, to have a remedy. Church, there is still a remedy to sin. The remedy is still the blood of Jesus Christ. The remedy is still blood that would take a dark heart and wash it in red blood and make it white as snow. There is still a remedy. There's still an answer. But you have to come to it. See, no, God, God has never sent one person to hell. Every person that's ever ended up there or every will end up there, they earned it. See, I don't earn salvation. You can't earn salvation. It's a free gift. In Romans, Paul wrote, he said that it's the wages of sin. I've never had anyone pay me wages that I didn't earn. Anybody? If I, if I work for a check, when payday comes, I expect to get paid. That's wages. The wages of sin is death. You earn it. God didn't do it. You earned it. But the gift of God... See, a gift, when someone gives me a gift, I didn't have anything, I didn't earn anything. When somebody gives me a gift, it's because they wanted to. It was out of their heart, it was out of their love that they offered me a gift. But the gift of God is eternal life. Damnation is earned. Think, look at the polar opposite of how salvation is acquired. He, when he tells us that we're saved by grace through faith, he goes on to clearly tell us that it's not of works. You can't earn salvation. It's a gift. It's the gift of God. But you earn damnation. The world needs to hear a clear voice again today that will dispute the almost rightness of heresy. It's one of my favorite quotes. You've heard it many times. Spurgeon used to, is famously quoted as saying that, that discernment is not, knowing right. That's, is not knowing right from wrong. That's not discerning. The discerning is knowing right from almost right. And it's almost right that the love of God will take care of me. The love of God makes a way. It's the why. Grace is the means. Through faith. We have people all over. People you know and I know. People we love. That are deceived by the notion. That God loves me. So he would, he would never allow me to be condemned. They're, they're so deceived that they think the idea of condemnation and hell is an Old Testament thought. And the New Testament thought is God's love. Well, God, listen, God loved from the beginning. God's never changed. And he's, it's, it was the same then as now. Romans chapter 5 tells us. He says things like that scarcely for a good man would one die. Who are you willing to die for? Oh, there's few people I'd die for. There's few people I'd die for. Hello? Come on, somebody, wake up. 
There's a few people I'd die for, but I ain't dying for everybody. Amen. Scarcely for a, for a good man would one die. <laughs> but see, but God commended his own love towards me, towards you. See, if the love of God, if the love of God was all it, then why would he say that God commanded his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died? He died while, we, while man was in a total depravity and total loss, and we still are without him. There's a remedy. I want to say something clearly so nobody misunderstands. Like it's, the love, it's the love of God that constrains me to tell you that God loved us so he made a way. But you need to understand that God will love you all the way to the gates of hell. But if you reject him all the way to the gates of hell, your, your, your last breath will be on the other side and, and the love of God will not be with you. This hound of heaven will chase you all the way to your final breath. But if you believe for a second that all you need the lo is the love of God and that I can live any way I want to because of the love of God, I'm going to tell you the love of God will love you all the way to the gates of hell. It's not, see, his love is not the question. His love is unquestionable. His love is indisputable. His love, his love is a is a is a unchallengeable fact. He loved the unlovable. See, we see I, now. I know here. Let's be real a second. Because see, I know some people are really easy to love, even in their sin. Because some people are just got a personality you can love. Some people are like trying to hug a cactus. God died for the best among us, which is not that great. And he died for the worst among us. Whatever scoundrel you can think of that makes your skin crawl the deepest and would compel you to the point of hate because of how they, what they've done, God died for them too. That's the magnitude of the love of God. It'd be hard to believe that God would die for Adolf Hitler, that Jesus would die for that kind of a human being. But he did. But love rejected is like love not offered. It doesn't matter. We used to sing an old song. How many know I'm old, so I sing old songs? It says, come you sinners, lost and lowly. Jesus' blood can make you free. For he saved the worst among you when he saved a wretch like me. John Newton saw it. I've stood in the dungeons that John Newton worked in West Africa. I've seen the reality 
of what of what the slave trade looked like. I've seen the the the, the absolute unconscionable depths of human depravity. But we now know a man that that left that life that come out of those dungeons and off those slave ships because of the of, of the prayers of a praying mother and the and the and the and the love of God that reached down into a dark heart and you know him today because he wrote amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost but now I'm found I was blind but now I see. You see, it's not a, the love of God is not the question. The question is what you do with the love of God. The question is, do you love him? There's no question at all whether he loves you. The question is, do you love him? John 15, he talks about if you abide in me and my words abide in you. He's clear. See, I've always had a problem with doctrine and teaching that had to spend three days telling me why what I read doesn't mean what it says. Because I read this book, it says his word is not hidden. Do you know his word is not hidden? And it's of no, pri it's of no private interpretation. So if you've got to spend 20 minutes telling me why what I read doesn't mean what I, what I just read, then I've got a problem with your doctrine. He said, if, he said my, I'm the vine, my father's the husband, every branch that bears not fruit, he takes away. Well, you, did you know there's fruit of the Spirit? And the fruit is the evidence. Oh, I, I could preach the next two hours and you know I could. <laughs> that the fruit is the evidence. Every tree every, every, that bears not fruit, he takes away. Every one that bears fruit, he purges it so that it can bring forth more fruit. And now that, and now that you are clean through the word, how do you clean through the word? <laughs> Who's the word? Jesus which I've spoken to you, abide in me. Abide means to remain, live, stay with, be brought in. Closeness. Abide. Now abide in me. Stay with me. Hello? And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, and no more, no more can you except you abide in me. You have to stay with him. I am the vine, you are the branches, and he that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, oh, some people don't think that you can abide not in him when you've abided. He's just telling you right now, if a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and a man gather him and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. If you stay in me, remain in me, and my word remains in you. There, I see the biggest word always in the book. Have y'all caught it yet? The biggest word always in the word of God. If it's in the sentence, it's the biggest word in the sentence, always. Two letters. It's the smallest word, but it's the biggest word always. If. If. 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Herein my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you shall be my disciples, my followers. As the Father has loved me, oh, my word, there it is. Jesus is speaking. As the Father has loved me, see, it's not about his love. The love is not the question. Love is not the question. The God's love is not the question because God's love is unquestionable. As the Father loved me, so I have loved you. Continue you in my love. He's talking to me. He's talking to you. As my Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's command and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that your joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Greater love has no man than this to lay down his life for a friend. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He says, if you don't, we tell you that the Truth is not in you. <laughs> Church, we live in a world in the closing moments of time that is in desperate need of the love of God to tell them the truth for you to be constrained to the truth of the love of God and the truth of God and to understand that the love of God will love you all the way to hell. On the way, all the way, every step of the way, getting in front of you, trying to stop your slide. Every man, woman, boy, and girl that's ever ended up there, ended up there tripping and falling over the blood of Jesus. They, they, they got there by, by total rejection and, and, totally, and totally jumping over and past the love of God. A complete refusal to live for him. See, it was when Paul said, it constrains me that I tell you the truth, that I preach in love. It's when he, said, he goes on to say that you can't live in your way. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And he le it's where he leads into that the love of God will change you because he says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things, the old ways, what you were, have passed away. And behold, y'all know I love that word. And behold, that means stop and look at it. Stop and take it in. Look at the, look at the magnitude of what's just happened. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not what I used to be. There's no way you can, you can remain who you used to be and call yourself His 
because the fundamental under misunderstanding about God and his love and who we are. We, understand, we misunderstand his love and we misunderstand who we are. Oh, I got, I got just a few minutes to wrap that in. The total misunderstanding throughout the world today is that we're all God's children. No, it's not scriptural. From the fall, we're all God's creation. But the word is clear that after the fall, that, there, uh, that there's a remedy. And that when you, when, when you accept the remedy, when you, when, you take the, 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 when you accept the sacrifice for your own, John chapter 1, verse 12 tells you that as many as receive him. Who? Jesus, the word. To as many as receive him, gave he the power to become the children of God. Think about what it was just said. Caleb, if you can pull it up, put it up there. John chapter 1, verse 12. I believe it is. I want you to see it. But as many as received him, to them, who? The ones that received him. Gave he the power to become the sons of God. Even them that believe on his name. See, when I receive him. See, I can't even receive him without his power. It's, it, it's, it's him. It's, it's him that, that, that even, he says, as many as received him gave him the, the power to become. See, I, I become something when I received him. I become a son of God, a child of God. Even them that believe on his name. I'll remember that, I'll remind you that he said that when I received him, it says that he gave me a spirit of adoption. He said, I become an heir of God a joint heir with Jesus Christ. He said, I was given a spirit of adoption. There's a lot of adoption in this room. We're, we're if, you're, if you're a parent or involved in adoption, in any way, raise your hand. You got children, you were adopted. You got children, you're whatever. Raise your hand, put it up. We all understand that adoption means I got, that I got new parents. That I had somebody that wanted me, that took me and accepted me as their own and gave me a new name, gave me a new family, gave me a new father. It, says, it said that, that, that I was given a spirit of adoption whereby I cry, Abba, Father. See, I wasn't his. I became. And it's because of his indisputable love that he made a way. But it came by grace and through faith. And it's when you receive him and you abide in him, you live in him. See, grace is grace, and even grace is misunderstood because grace is, is, not, is not the license to sin. It's the power not to. <laughs> grace is not the license to sin. It's the power not to. And when I sin... 
when I'm in Him and my desire, when I'm abiding, when I'm doing all the humanly possible to stay with Him, and then I then I know that grace will the grace makes up the difference. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. It's there that love covers a multitude of sin. Love is not the question. Because he loves you. He loves you so much that he was willing to send his son and made a way for whosoever. We used to sing an old song, you know, that said in Acts and Joel says that there come a day that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We used to sing an old song that said, Whosoever surely meaneth me. You can be a whosoever today. You may have been religious all your life. Even if you thought the love of God was all it took. You didn't understand that there was a change. You didn't understand there was an abiding. You didn't understand that that you just that if you're living in sin, that it doesn't matter what you prayed when you were five. If you're living a depraved life, it doesn't matter who your mama was. It doesn't matter who your daddy was. It didn't matter what church you were raised in or whose tank you were baptized in or maybe you were sprinkled. I don't care because it didn't save you. I'm saved when I believe on his name, when he, when he, when he changes me to something else, whenever I, whenever I abide in him. And it's a powerful, beautiful thing, that remedy that God provided. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your love that makes a way. Lord, that you would offer grace that is completely undeserved. I don't deserve it. There's not a person that's ever breathed your air that deserves the, the grace that you offer. Lord, that you, in our total depravity, in our fallen condition, Lord, that you made a way back. You paid the highest of prices for me. For everyone that they could come to you and that they didn't have to face the, the damnation of eternal of eternal separation but that through you and in you and by you that we could have eternal life you said it's why you came that for this cause you were made manifest to destroy the works of the devil in him was life and the life was the light of men you came that I might have life and life more abundantly. You said, I'm constrained about the love of God. You said that if, that if he died for all, then all were dead. <laughs> Lord, I pray right now that the love of God is reaching. Because of the love of God, you're, you're reaching and touching hearts right now. That they're bringing them to a place of salvation, a place of a place of change, a place of, of death where they crucify their flesh and they live in you. Even now, I pray. In Jesus' name. Just stand with me all over the building.
with every head bowed and every eye closed in the house today. The love of God begs the question. Begs the question. Will, will you accept the offer of salvation that comes by because of his love that comes through grace and through faith? Maybe today, for the first time, maybe you've been in church all of your life. Maybe you've never set foot in the door or anything in between, but maybe for the first time in your life today, because of the goodness of God and the, and the, and the compulsion of the Holy Spirit that you know today that I'm in need of a Savior. I'm in need of a Savior. Me, I need Him. Is that you today? Can I see your hand? As I'm looking around, I'm not going to wait long. Nobody's looking around. I promise you, no one's going to embarrass you. Is, are you here today? Can I see your hand? Anywhere, anybody? Just a few more seconds. I'm not going to wait long. It's the most important decision of your life if he's pulling on your heart today. There's nothing you'll ever, there's nothing you'll ever decide that's more important than, than saying yes to the offer of redemption that comes because of love by His grace. Is that you? Most important decision you'll ever make. Can I see your hand? Five. In five, four, three, two, one. All over this house today, God's brought a message for the hour that we live in. If there's no one here today that, that's here for the offer, then every one of us are here today to be able to, to, to make the offer everywhere you go. Everyone that's here today, now, now you're equipped to know that when that argument comes up about the love of God, that the love of God is not in question here. But the question is, what will you do with the love of God? That's the question. The question is not if you love God, the question is, do you love Him? And He says, if you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, you'll abide in me. That's the question of the hour. Church, look at me all over the house. I'm fixing to say goodbye. Probably touch on it tonight, so. We have, we've crossed, I'm going to say it, I said it last Sunday night and I said it under my own duress. I didn't want to because when you say things like this, people think you're nuts and they come after you. But I've learned people already think I'm nuts, so that's okay. I'm used to it. I was never a popular kid, so it wasn't much of an adjustment as an adult. That made it easier. What we got to understand, the reason there's a message like this today is I'm going to hear, I want you to hear. I, I turned on Carter Conlon Wednesday. And Carter Conlon, I preached it Sunday night under, or Sunday morning out of duress. I really didn't want to. <laughs> Carter Conlon came to the pulpit Tuesday night and said the same thing. He says, I'm, his opening remarks is, I don't want to preach what I have today, but I'm under mandate from the Holy Ghost. And the message was essentially the same. So hear me again today. The cup of iniquity of this world in America, not just us, but the cup, God's cup of iniquity is full. And the line's been crossed. 
And now the only remedy is what we preached this morning. It's not a matter of judgment if judgment is coming at this point. I'm not talking about wrath. Wrath and judgment is two different things. The question, the question is not if, if judgment is coming. The, it is, it's here, and what are we going to do about it? Many of us don't even realize it yet, but all the things that we're just beginning to see and it's beginning to manifest, that, are, that it's beginning to get worse and it's going to get worse, is, uh, is, is, is by plan. And it's because of rejection. Right. You can reject the word or not reject the word, but it's not a, the, the cup of iniquity is full. There's never, you, you, we'll talk about it tonight probably, the progression, the, the progression of iniquity has been the same in every civilized society and God, and God has drew the line at the same point at every one. And I can tell you when that was, and it is briefly, it's whenever this depravity is brought to the children and, 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 and when, when the enemy goes after their, our kids. There's never been a time that the enemy did, that the enemy Physically, in, in, the, in, the, in the case of Herod and others, or with uh, Moses and others, there's never been a time when the enemy went after the children, and that's not when God stood up. He does it every time. And that's where we're at. You can believe me or not believe me. You can think I'm hyper, I'm, it's hyperbole. You can think it's sensationalist. I've never been a sensationalist in the pulpit. Never have and never will. Why? Because I want you to believe me. I'm not going to entertain you and I'm not going to stroke things and spoke things up so people will get excited because I want you to believe me when I speak. And I'm telling you that the line has been crossed. And forever, it, the, the society is forever changed and you're going to see dramatic, drastic changes in the, ne in the coming weeks and months. It's not a year off, it's imminent. Not, it's, not, it's not decades, months, or years off, it's imminent. You're going to see it. But he's made clear that those that will remain in him will have a shelter. He's remained, that those that remain in him will be provided for. That those that remain faithful, that he will take care of. But there's no need to fear. There's no need to be upset. But there, but there is a need to be equipped and to know that, what, that there is a remedy. The harvest is now. The harvest is now. The harvest is now. Right now. The fields are white. Lift up your eyes. The fields are white. The harvest is now. The laborers are few. Go into the field and gather the grain. It's time. It's time. It is absolutely time. Church, dig in. Dig in. Get in that book. Get in that prayer closet. Pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh, that's an old statement. Boy, people don't even know what to do with that anymore. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And pray through. What's that? Pray until. Me, personally, I've, I've crossed the line. I've made up my mind. And I will lead this church into a place of leading. We will be a, a, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And I'm going to tell you, the darker the world gets, the brighter the light will shine. And the light is going to shine from Mag Church. And, you're, and you, it's just a matter of you're a part of it.
now go forth and take the love of God to a lost and dying world and give them the remedy. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, tell them that you love them today.